All right. Welcome to another episode of Hops and Handshakes. This is number 11, and we are here at Seven Monks, which is only open for, I think, for a couple months, right? Um, anyway, we were having uh, some beers here. I'm with a good friend, Kristen Britt. Thank you for stopping by and Thanks joining us. Thanks for buying me a beer. Cheers. Cheers. Um, what are you drinking there? Uh, this is cider. It's mm. Michigan, and we have great cider. That does here. look yummy. Yeah. And, oh, I was fussy with what I ordered. Do you remember what I ordered? Centennial. You had to get something different because you didn't like the glass. I know, I of really the struggled with the, um, the, the glass. That, that, there you go. All right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm drinking a beer and I'll research that later what it is. Um, anyway, Kristen, thanks for stopping in. Um, so, we've known each other for, God, maybe four years now? I think that that's about right. Is that right? Sure. Okay. Yeah, Both you were a baby. So was I. <laughs> Both with the CEO roundtable. And the, uh, of the many things that I do admire about you, the, mo the most, the most uh, thing that comes to mind, and maybe you can talk about this when you uh, uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself, is the change, the complete shift in careers, right? Like, that's hard. Like, how many people do you meet where they're like, wow, I would love to do this and this, but I've gone to school, or I've been at this job for 10 years, I've done that, then I just don't see myself changing. So, like, and you did it. And that's awesome. So, well, as you as you tell as you tell <laughs> as you tell a little bit about yourself and your bio, what you're doing now, and all right. the all the stuff that you're doing here in West Michigan, uh, touch on that process for us a little bit too. Okay. Well, I'm happy to. So, currently, I'm mm -hmm. an attorney, and I'm the managing partner for my firm, Britt Morant PC. Yes. yes. Uh, we currently have three attorneys and a business manager for the firm. And we're in the process of growing into um, a satellite office in Spring Lake, Are which you? is under construction. Yes. And um, hoping at that point we'll be adding a Lakeshore attorney. So okay. things are growing, and that's really good. Um, I let's see. I was licensed in 2009, mm -hmm. and prior to that um, was in a couple of different careers, but they really were the kind of the same pool, the same bucket. And so I invested a lot of time and energy into that yeah. original bucket, yeah. I think, which is part of what you're getting to is yeah. when you invest so much time and energy and money into one area, it's really hard to make a you feel like significant shift into something else that's also going to be a lot of time and money and effort. Yeah, you look at the rear view yeah. mirror and you're like, God, I've, done, I've come all this way, I've done this, do I really want to change? And especially going into law, it's not like I'm switching over like, I'm going to be a lawyer now. Like you had to go back to school yeah, and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, a two-day bar exam is the capstone for a, quite a few years of hell. So, <laughs> And I actually love to learn, and I love a natural reader and all of that. So okay. I actually love that process, right. but still, it can be a lot. So I spent a lot of years, and most of the years of my career, I owned a couple of different businesses, but everything was focused on sales. So my undergrad is business management. Mm -hmm. Everything I've done before is a lot of the things that you do, only you do it much more tech way than I ever had to do okay. it. Okay, gotcha. so, gotcha. Um, so whatever business I was in, I was the rainmaker. I sold the products. I owned a graphic design firm for a while. Sure. Back when people didn't sh quite know what a Macintosh was, yep. the Apple on there was still confusing them. Mm -hmm. And um, then did a lot of years of corporate sales too. So I've worked for big companies and for myself. Probably now for myself, way more years than I've worked for corporations. But but at the same time, it, it, I mean, even though it was a career change, that experience has to be helping you now. Well, it's if you make the right career change, where you set up your history and what you bring to the table as an underlying added benefit to your clients, which is the way my situation worked out. Um, you yeah, I mean, I, it's so, not like you start all over and you throw that out the window. No. 
So what I did is I tried to figure out, well, let's back up one second. Sure. So when, you know when you're in eighth grade and they make you stand up and say what you want to be when you grow mm -hmm. up? So I stood up and said I wanted to be an attorney because I wanted to be the first female president. That was what I said. That makes a lot more sense. I, I do not want <laughs> to. I do not want to be the president. Please no. Okay, gotcha. But gotcha. But I did have that attorney part. Yeah, and I didn't grow up with professionals of that that of that scope in my family. I didn't have doctors or lawyers in my family, so, so I'm not really sure where I got it from. Breaking the chain a little bit. Who or knows? Something. I, yep. You know, I think I just thought I was invincible, <laughs> which we all think was so when we're in eighth grade, yeah, right? Yeah. So, um, so I did. So it's kind of always been in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. Got married very young. Owned my first business um, when I was 22, I think, is when I first started my my graphic design firm sure. in Grand Rapids. And I uh, did that for a lot of years, but then, you know, along comes a child, and I've been, and not too long after that, I was divorced. Sure. So now, life, big life change forced on you, right? You're thinking, okay, well, oh, yeah. as long as I'm looking at changing things up anyway, what, what else about my life isn't right? And I realized that the sales track that I was on wasn't ultimately where I wanted to be forever. Mm -hmm. And the clock does tick when you have to go back and get the education I had to go back and get. So at... Just about 30, I decided it was time to go back, and I went back while I was working full-time sure. and all that good stuff. I went back and got my associate's degree, then right, bachelor's, so then law. Working full-time. Mm -hmm. So full-time is 40 hours a week at I least. would say I averaged more like 60. Okay. Yeah. You're a mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we studied. Yeah, and we actually showed up at classes and did all those things too. And how, much, how many hours was that? Oh my gosh. Because when people tell me they don't have time, I literally lose my mind. Uh, you and I have I more in common than maybe I realized. I keep a paper calendar and when people say to me they don't have time, I say, well, I say where on your calendar is that time blocked out then? If you, whatever you need to make time for, you block that out sure. first. So obviously if you're working full time, that has to get blocked in first. Mm -hmm. Then it was, okay, I have to go to class mm -hmm. and I have to do things related to being a parent. Mm -hmm. And then what, what's left? Sure. And I spent many a hockey game watching my son play hockey, studying in the stands, you know, right? And yeah, that's so cool. Yep. You just, you know, it's a little multitasking. Yeah. Too. But I'm I mean, but if it's something that you really want to do, it's not, a, it's not painful. It's hard work, but it's not painful. Yeah. Well, and you said two things. That like, obviously, there has to be emotion behind it, and you have to really deeply believe in what you're doing and finding your purpose. And there's a lot more attention to that now than I even think there was maybe even 10, 15 years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, I think so, um, I think there's a lot more awareness around the topic. Yeah. Um, but it also takes a lot of work. I think even when people say they find their purpose, they're like, oh, it should just be easy and stuff like that. It's like, no, no, no. Anybody that's done anything remarkable has put in thousands of hours into it over and over again and that means you might have to punt Netflix for a little while mm -hmm. you know um, which maybe some people don't want to hear. <laughs> the other thing that I thought was fascinating is you really enjoy um, the legal side of, of um, you know the, the world and obviously that's your profession now but then your past history and probably the underlying things, and I'm, I wonder if this is true for you, like the, your, your past history, your understanding of business, sales, like the real life stuff outside of lawyer world, mm -hmm. um, is probably a really good um, value added benefit that maybe they even rely on you for both things, but you just so happen to monetize it through being an attorney. But well, it's probably still coming in as a hybrid, like, well, yeah, she can handle the attorney stuff so I don't go to jail, but then she, I like where she's going business-minded too. Right, and, that's, and that is true. So the, one of the reasons that it was 
not as difficult for me to start my business because I started out being an attorney opening my own company off the bat. Uh -huh. I never worked for another company. Uh -huh. And I had business clients and friends from my other business experiences um, who would call and say, are you licensed yet? So they were, you know, I had some people that were ready, ready to work with me. And my title is attorney and counselor at law, which a lot of people have that printed on their card. Yeah. But most attorneys, I hate to say, they're very, very smart people. You have to be obviously smart to pass law school and the bar and all that good stuff. Sure. But that doesn't mean you know how to really talk to people and oh, no. really have people oh, no. trust you and want your advice. So it's interesting that I get calls from people for advice about the most random things sure. you can imagine. Yeah. From, I'm at um, Martha's Vineyard right now and don't know what wine to buy my significant other for a Christmas present, to um, how do I feel about this certain advice they got from a tax professional, or they feel like they're missing the boat because somebody's not talking to them, okay. how open yep. should they expect people to be. But you're, you're giving it to them in a, um, like you understand how humans work and how people like, you got to understand how humans work if you're successful in sales, right? right? Outside of the features and benefits of oh, your product, Oh, that's exactly right? right. And then if you're actually uh, allergic to working for people, which it sounds like you are. <laughs> well, and I, I don't know if allergic's the right word, but you that's know. That's what I call it. Um, I prefer no. not to put myself in that There you go. Okay, all right, now allergic, okay. And then, <laughs> but so if you can do those things, you just, and then you can channel it through and then you understand the legal side or you understand the professional side. Like, I think that part's expected. Like if you are a professional, right. that part, I, I know, I know you know how to do that stuff and you can talk that world, mm -hmm. but how do you make it make sense to me? Cause I know like, it's like, okay, cool. All the jargon stuff. Give me the cliff notes. Right. Like, you know, give me the, and then I, you, in the discussions I've had with you and a part of the CEO round table and stuff like that, it's like, I'm going to take this big complex idea and here's the three bullet points you need to know inside right. 30 seconds. And I right. think that's super valuable. And if you don't understand how to communicate to people or can dial down the legalese lawyer stuff mm -hmm. and channel into how does this affect my business or my life, right. that's, I think, uh, something that you are automatically going to bring to the table mm -hmm. when you went back and punted the past career that was still right. going to help you, which is nice. Right. Well, there's kind of, I think there's kind of two pieces to that. One, you have to be able to break down things for people sure. because they're paying you because you're the expert, mm -hmm. not because they, they can go research stuff, some of it, yep. on their own. You know, obviously not everything, but some things they could find if they really wanted to go looking they or do. understand it. So they need it broken down, but they also need to put it in a context of something they actually care about. What does it mean Because to there's so much yeah. irrelevant information. So when they use the first thing I, when people call me and ask me a legal question, I say, okay, I need a little context. So, you know, what's going on? What's the situation? Because the best thing about law is that it depends. If, if, yeah, <laughs> if yeah. there were always a straight up answer, lawyers wouldn't oh, be no. needed. Oh, there's because interpretation everywhere. it would just everywhere. be an answer, right? Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, really have never worked with an attorney. So we try to approach everyone like they've never worked with an attorney before. Don't assume they know our rules of engagement because mm -hmm. that could be really off-putting if all of a sudden people don't understand how you're going to be able to communicate with them, how slow the court works. People think that TV, you know, that TV drama is courtroom. Let me assure you, the courtroom is more like watching paint dry. Oh yeah. <laughs> there is no surprise witness. No. There is no. no there's none of that. No. So, so you have so you have that part of it too. Okay. I mean, really helping people understand the expectations. What is the number re number one reason why people do business with you? Well, I think that I'm in the trust business. So I think that ultimately people trust me and I'm very open and honest and direct. If I can't help or I don't know the answer, I will make sure they find that out through a different source. Is but. that is that part of 
why you think you wanted to be an attorney? Like, is that the why part of that? Is you want to represent people that way? Like, you wanted to be their trusted advisor, and your your channel was law. But like, um, did you? I guess what 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 about law made you think that was going to be your channel to serve people that way? Well, I think you used the exact right word, serve. And there are not very many professions that are truly service professions. Uh-huh. And when you're in sales, all you're really doing is serving your company to get a nice yeah, dollar. Exactly. I mean, at the bottom line, everybody at wins the if the there's day. money, right? Yeah. And they're happy if they got what they wanted, but you're not, at the end of the day, they can get probably it from somebody else. Sure. That's, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, my mother is, spent her entire career in teaching um, kids with disabilities. And then when she retired from that, she went back and got her master's. So she does Christian counseling now in her retirement years. Nice. Um, My grandmother was an RN. Um, I grew up around people who were service people. Okay. So I think that that side of me, my mom's name is Robin. My husband always said, your Robin is showing, (laughs) you know, as far as that, that getting a little bit, you know, personal. But the thing is, you have to really understand people to be able to help. Oh yeah, absolutely. So. And there's a, there's an amazing amount of people that are maybe very good at their profession, the profession just in a silo, mm-hmm. but have a really hard time connecting it with people. Right. And um, no, anyway, that's yeah. that's awesome. So, all right, tip it about you. Hidden? T- do we have a hidden talent? Or maybe not hidden talent. Do we have a talent that maybe I you taught tap dancing when I was young. Okay. Okay. How was that? Only when you're young? You can't teach it now? I taught it up until I had my son around age 25. Okay. Okay. Yep. And what about this MC thing we like to do? We Talk to us about it. We love to do that. Oh, yeah? We love Tell to do that. Tell us a little about that. Well, I'm involved in nonprofit work right now. Okay. I'm the president of the board for North Kent Connect, which is the largest food pantry in northern Kent County. Sure. And annually, they do a big fundraiser. This year, we're expecting about 700 people at over at uh, Frederick Meyer Gardens, and it's this coming Thursday. And I got the chance, because of being a board member for quite a few years now, to be the MC for their awesome. fundraising events. And I cool. am addicted to it. Oh, of course, wow. Of course, it's you know zero dollars, but that's fine. Okay. Um, because I help, what I can do is keep an event rolling, keep it fun, and mm-hmm. hopefully raise a lot of money. You there know, you cattle go. raises, we do, um, it can be live. I do the live auction part of it. I love and it. And that is next Thursday? It's coming Thursday. The 26th. 26th. Hmm. Okay. Yep, sold Very out. Cool. That a girl. Yeah, Never expect anything less. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so, so awesome. that's always really fun stuff. And um, so, if there's an opportunity for an MC or something like that, I, you want to be challenged, like you're I would in. I love to do it. You're in. All right, there yeah. it is. Yeah, a little banner MC yeah. thing here. Like it'll be like right in here. Right. <laughs> Alex is like, shut up. <laughs> as long as it doesn't cover my beer slash cider. <laughs> All right. Throughout your career or throughout your life, give us one thing or multiple things, but one thing that um, uh, a a lesson that you've learned along the way that you think anyone could benefit from. Uh, People who know me well have heard me say this lots of times, but I am a true believer in the circle of influence. And I think that most people, you know, seven habits, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that the thing that distracts most people and gets them on the wrong path is getting distracted by things that they can't control and are outside their circle of influence. So I think going, targeting things like you've asked me today, like what are your hidden talents? What do you really enjoy to do? Why would you want to do those things? Instead of worrying about extraneous things that you can't control. Everything in my life has not gone perfect. If I spent every day focusing on the things that have gone wrong, then I would probably not get out from underneath my covers in the morning. And any one of us could probably say that. Sure. 
so but I you think have a choice in how you interpret that information yes. and how it influences you. Right. It can be right. It could be the worst thing in the world, and I'm going to go pout. Right. Or it can be cool. I got the bad day out of the way. The next one should be better because that sucked yesterday. So it only is going to go up from here. It's all a matter of mindset. Right. But when you talk and about figuring out, though, well, you you know, if something bad happens, is it happening to you or are you part of the problem? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if it's something that's happening I keep to you, speeding tickets, but I did get a I parking like ticket the other day. Everywhere, yeah. but I keep getting speeding well, tickets. You don't know. Breaking the law is yes. not a good idea. Ah, there you unless go. you want to pay. There is so, a softball for you. There yeah, you go. So yeah. if you just want to keep paying. Um, and I don't do that kind of law, so I don't know, call me I for know, that. No, I, yeah, there you go. We won't. Don't waste we your won't. one call we, from we, jail we, on we, me. We, we, I will make sure I'll give you a different number for that. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but seriously, I think when things are happening and what's going on, when you're trying to figure out what you're going to do about it, if you're spending all your energy on things you can't influence anyway, then that's really a waste and a spinning of wheels and it can be frustrating and so the more you do that the less you accomplish and then the more you get frustrated and the less you accomplish and it's just not productive yeah so when you say circle of influence i almost think of like the people you're hanging around though too your environment right well it can be it, but you know it. you can have an influence on things much greater than yourself too but you have to be you have to be realistic about that you know set lofty goals but make sure they're attainable mm-hmm. Because yeah, you got to show yourself a little success along right. the way. I'm not saying I couldn't be president. I've decided I don't want to be president. I don't blame you. <laughs> so. It just doesn't seem like a fun job at all. I No, I, no. No, I no. like what I do. There you I'm go. Good. There you go. Yeah, there good. you go. All right. Yeah. Um, so did that, does that kind of put it more in context yeah, with what I'm trying like, to say? Yeah, but like how did... How did you have the grit to shift gears? Like how did... Like where does that... Now you go back to influence, but... How many lives do you have? I like that. You no, have I one. Uh, yeah. You have one. So when it so comes So at the end of the day, am I going to sit there and say, boy, I wish I had done that or tried that? Obviously, I can't try everything. I'm not sure I'm a believer in the bucket list thing because I feel like that can be counterproductive. Uh, but at the same time, there's things you really want to do. You have an obligation to yourself, really. And I have an obligation to my family to better my situation. So I um, used to travel a lot, and I was in the building products industry, and I told, I started telling a few people, even though they were my clients, and I remember sitting in Charlotte, North Carolina, at the Hilton, uh, God, that's kind of university area, I think, of, of Charlotte. I'm sitting next to a gentleman who was the president of the company that was my, my customer. And it's like after a function and we're sitting at the hotel bar and we're both having a beer and I'm like, I really want to have my own business or businesses. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really what's wired mm-hmm. to me. He goes, really? I go, yeah, I just, I read about it. I try about it. I've tried little things here and there, but I haven't really stuck it. And he goes, he goes, you need to stay after it. I said, no, I can't have heard that before. He goes, no. He goes, you owe it to not only yourself, because you owe it to this country that if you're destined to do that, mm-hmm. we need people like you to create jobs. So. Mm-hmm. You better f and do it. Right. And this is what this old guy told me. Right. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm not. Right. I'm not playing around. Right. I'm not going to tell you. Like, feel better. Go ahead. Right. Like, like, if you don't. Right. I'm going to come out of retirement and hunt you down. And <laughs> you're disservice. Yeah, I know. I'm in Charlotte, and you're in Michigan. <laughs> Plane, planes go way. there. Right. Yeah, exactly. But it was the first time when somebody they like, no, no, no. If you don't do that, and then and I'll say the follow up. There's a person that we listen to that's very good at marketing and. Uh, you know, this is a Gary V line. He he spent time in his career um, going to um, 
visit people in their 80s and 90s and he goes the most painful thing you'll see in their face is regret because mm-hmm. when it's that when you're there it's it's over like you can, don't have the energy you don't have the willpower you don't have the abilities that you have today when we're younger to go mm-hmm. do it so yep. it's almost um when you said the one life you have one life or you have how many lives how do you many have, lives I, do you I, have? I, I i i did the math for me what i think i think it's one yeah and and then it made yeah. me think of like that uh you know, if you're not, if it, if you, if you struggle with motivation, it's gonna suck. Mm-hmm. Think about what it's gonna be like 30 years from now when you wish you would have done it. Mm-hmm. You know, well, cool. He, also, he says one thing that sticks with me as well, and that's the when he gives the statistic about the fact that you're even on this planet. It's like a oh yeah, 400 million to one mm-hmm. or so, 4 trillion to one chance. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. Why are you wasting time? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's a blank. Regretting or or. Yeah. And I think I think no. it, I think it stops from a, a lot of people are like, well, what if I fail? Uh, what are other people going to think? What if you don't? What if you don't? What if you don't? And I know I can tell you, I personally struggled with the, uh, I'm going to fail. I, I would, I would uh, um, overanalyze the 76 things that could go wrong, and then finally say, well, what if it could go right? Yeah. You know, what if it could go right? Well, when you sit and you tell people what they should do, I find it's not very effective. Mm-hmm. When you ask them so they have to tell themselves what to do, it's that's far pretty more darn effective. effective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. what do you think we should do now? Okay, I get it. Right. I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, all right. How you many lives do you have? <laughs> I didn't have to tell you how many. You knew. You got yes, it. Yes, you got it. You got it. Yeah. You got it. Very yeah. cool. All right. So you're 18 years old. Oh, and not get, anymore, but thank goodness. You get to do it. You get to do it. <laughs> or, so, whatever. You're 18 years old, or you're, uh, what would you tell the 18-year-old self? Or what would you, what was one of those things that, uh, those tidbits that somebody told you, and you maybe ignored it, and now you're looking back, you're like, ah, they were right, or any of that, any in that framework. So, we, we have something that is all-encompassing for everyone, but go back in that time. You're 18 years old. Uh, I don't know about you. I was pretty invincible too. Like yeah. you, you, you have uh, yeah. life was so like you knew a lot more when I knew a lot I, more when I was I eighteen. I knew everything when I oh, was yeah. eighteen. Yeah. Now so, I know everything I don't know exactly, pretty well. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So what would you tell yourself or? Child? Oh, eighteen was a very strange age. I was already getting engaged. Probably would have put that off if I'd have yeah, that, thought yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, which also had, so I put off college right off of that because of all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've thought about that before. Would I have told myself, you know, just stick to, stick to the program. I had a full ride scholarship to college. I should have, you know, should have done that, should have this, should have that. Sure. But you know, go back to your thing earlier and the reason that I have the clients that I have and the trust relationships I have is because I have the experiences I do. If they had been different experiences, then I could be potentially a very different person. So. Sure. Um, I'm also a very religious person, so I think ultimately if I had been 18 and had a little bit more of a feel now of what I have now, which mm-hmm. is that keep doing the right things and things will be all right, um, instead of worrying about, I was much a, very much a worrier when I was 18, very worried about what the future was going to be and what was going to happen and struggling with decisions and, you know, I if I had had just a little bit more confidence in myself to say, you know what, you're going to make the best decision you can and then you're going to build on that can't undo what happened five seconds ago so I, I, I completely agree I call it like operating in the gray area to where mm-hmm. um, there's many things you do in business or anything like that or in life where you can't see the end result or the the bucket the the pot of gold figuratively at the end of the tunnel is not right there it's not box in box out right. but if you just keep doing the right things even though you really can't visually see exactly what it's going to lead to 
it just has a way of working it out. And back to your religion part, mm -hmm. you're not supposed to know. Right. Yeah, you're not really supposed to know. All you do is do the right thing after after. And mm -hmm. for me personally, I think I piggyback on that. I would have done more and analyzed less. Mm -hmm. I would have yeah. like I would have I mean almost using my intelligence to operate versus what could go wrong mm -hmm. and being amazing at figuring out the 17 things on why that's not going to work. Analysis paralysis. Yeah, Did you have that? Oh yeah. I mean I, I or even playing sports, I would analyze things, or uh, just too much, too uh, too much in your own way. I mean, right. how many people told me get out of your own way? Right. And you know, when you're younger, you don't even know what the hell that means. You're like, right. do I move? Like, what, right. what, what, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? I don't know what it means. And right. I think you, but um, I would also say, don't be afraid of hard work. Mm -hmm. I think it can be daunting when you're staring down. Do I really want to spend seven years of college education as a grown-up when I'm already making a good living <laughs> to go do something different? Um, yeah. The work is what makes it good. If it were any, if it were easy, everyone would do it. Well, I, I look at it to where I look at it's what separates you too, because yep. most people will stop, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, it's not uh, so. I get excited actually, or train ourselves to get excited to where this is a really challenging problem, mm -hmm. and you're going to have a lot of dead ends, but. It's challenging for me. I'd like to think it's going to be challenging for a handful of other people. And if I just stay in consistency, and you if seven years that you're basically preaching consistency and right. work, right? Right. Um, uh, it, it, it's all worth it at the end. Well, and in my business, because I'm in the trust business, mm -hmm. you have to be relatable. Mm -hmm. And you can't fake that. No. So if I had had no. a perfect little life and yeah. everything went exactly like it was supposed to, I wouldn't be able to relate to my clients when things go wrong for them. Yep. And I think a lot of what they, they appreciate is that they feel like I understand mm -hmm. what's, what's going on. Mm -hmm. That I'm not an aloof person just giving advice from down on high. So Attorneys can kind of be that way sometimes. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not this one, of course. Not this one. Not this one. No, no, no. <laughs> No, it was, I, I got introduced by a friend, um, a fellow business guy, whatever, uh, and I, I call him a part of my classic group of people that have been there, done that, successful people, and they, a mentor to me. Mm -hmm. And I got introduced to um, him, like, like, or he introduced me to a friend of his like three years ago, and he says, hey, this is Isaac, and, and uh, he's going to be successful because he's willing to make more mistakes than the average person. Mm -hmm. And I thought... Thanks a lot, Is he buddy. Telling me that I'm, just, <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right. I thought about it a little while later. I'm like, am I stupid? Or like, whatever. <laughs> and then I'm right. like, oh. And I kind of got it a little bit. But that's yeah. that's. But the mistakes make you relatable. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and they're not mistakes. You know, it's uh, getting. Well, you, well, you worked out of it, so now you can help other people work out of their situation, or you oh, can yeah. work through a difficult client client situation. You know, and they don't have any faith in you being able to work through things if you just are like, well, here's the solution. Easy. If it works out, I yeah. guess, good luck. And if it doesn't, well, sure. well, not my problem. Sure. But um, when you lead an interesting life up until that point with right. the client, you can say, hey, you know what? I've seen that. this movie. I was the leading role in it, actually. And I, let's <laughs> let's make sure that you right. you do this way, you know, yeah. something like that. Right. Awesome. Uh, where can we find you, connect with you? Um, well, it's seven, so, so right yes, seven monks, I guess, right now. Seven monks, 24-7, she's here. No, no. no. My no. office is in downtown Grand Rapids. Okay. I'm in the McKay Tower. Perfect. Everybody knows the building because there's a big Bigby Coffee and the Kilwins Chocolates. It's like uh, the double duo, wow. right? Okay. And you can come ice skating on Rosa Park Circle in the winter. Perfect. And I'll wave at you Perfect. from my office. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay. Um, But, you know, I can be found online like anybody. Sure. 
So sure. Brit Morant PC, the, the firm is Brit Morant PC, and that's the name of the website. All right, so and for all that good stuff. For whatever it's legal or MC. Right? Yes, okay. Gotcha. If you need help with your organization, I love to do that stuff. Awesome, awesome. Well, yes. thank you for taking a few moments out. Thanks. And cheers. You're cheers. almost, almost I did done. better. How did it go? You did, you did. I got it. <laughs> it was Centennial something something. I thought the IPA. Centennial was the one you didn't get. Oh, you're right. This was Mitten. Yes, it this was, was something from, Mitten, from Mitten. Which we'll tag them. They're right over yonder. What's that? Is it good? No, it's it's good. It's yummy. I, I need to finish it though. This cider's really right. yummy too. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's it for us. Uh, come to Seven Monks and uh, try one of their 55 plus beers. Or their, uh, or oh, their yeah, the Tito's Moscow Mule on tap. They should pay you. Like, <laughs> yeah, influencer marketing. There, there you go. <laughs> there.